Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. There's not one person here that's not facing a challenge. But I want to say to you today that the name of Jesus is bigger and more powerful than whatever you're facing. Come on, I want you just to close your eyes and just want you to open up the palms of your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome in this place. Right now, Lord, I pray for every person that has come heavy laden. Lord, this past week, there have been challenges. And for some people, Lord, it's the darkness that has caused them to tremble. But Lord, this song is so beautifully said that you make the darkness tremble. And right now, I speak the name of Jesus into every situation. I speak the name of Jesus into every family. I speak the name of Jesus into every health challenge. And I rebuke everything that would try to steal people's peace and joy. And even as Jesus stood on that boat on the Sea of Galilee, and he spoke to the storm and he said, Peace be still. Right now, I speak into every situation those very same words. Peace. Be still. Peace. 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 May the name of Jesus bring deliverance into your situation right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, he's the God of the turnaround. He's the God of the turnaround. He's going to turn your situation. I'm going to speak faith into you right now. He's the God of the turnaround. There is nothing that is too difficult for him. There is nothing beyond his ability to change and turn. And right now, I speak a turnaround in your situation. I speak a turnaround in your situation. I speak a turnaround in your situation. I speak a turnaround right now. There is nothing that can hinder the progress of the people of God when they are embraced by the living God and they are in turn embracing the living God. You might look at your situation right now and say, God, it's just too difficult. But here's the word of the Lord. Is there anything too difficult for him? Is there anything that his arm cannot conquer? And right now, I speak faith into your situation. God will turn it around. God will deliver you. God will come into your situation. Sometimes it's at the 11th hour and the 59th minute and the 59th second. But I declare today that God will come into your situation and bring deliverance because that's who He is, the great deliverer, the mighty God, the King of kings, the almighty God, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He who started the thing will complete it because that's who he is the mighty God King of Kings and Lord of Lords come on church it's time to just to just to speak faith into your situation and say God you've got this God you've got this you're going to turn it around in the mighty in the mighty name the mighty name the mighty name of Jesus you know we started this series quite a few weeks ago with a formula for breakthrough 
And the formula for breakthrough was the name plus faith minus the blockages equals breakthrough. And uh, if you want to get that message again, just go to um, lifesource.org. Go to resources, get it, listen to it, because there's something powerful in the name of Jesus. And we've been looking at the names of God and how they're connected to the promises of God. And when you study the scriptures, you find there are over 3,000 promises in the Bible that God wants you to have. And sometimes there are blockages, there are hindrances, there are things that stand in our way. But I'm telling you, faith is powerful and faith can remove those blockages. So especially when you team faith up with obedience to what God wants for your life, it can remove those blockages. And some of you have got the bookmarks. I'm, I'm sure that there's some in your seat pockets, the big nine promises. Are there still some bookmarks in our seat promises, in, in our seat promises, in our seat pockets? The big nine promises of God. Out of the 3,000, I'm only focusing in on nine of them. And they're, and they're connected to the covenant names of God. The name is so powerful. And we looked at the first one, Jehovah, um, Jireh, the Lord who provides our needs. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord who causes us to win. It's uh, the Lord who's our banner, but it's only winners that fly the banners. God causes you to win. Um, Jehovah Makadesh, the God who sets you apart. Jehovah Shalom, the God who gives you peace. And um, this week, we're going to look at Jehovah Raha, the Lord who was our shepherd leader. If you have your Bibles, would you open to Psalm 23? And I want us to read what I would consider probably the most powerful 100 words that have ever been penned. When you can, it's around 100 words. In the Hebrew, it's even less. In the English, it's around 100, 120 words. But I can't think of any words that have penned, that have ever been penned in the history of mankind that's given more comfort than Psalm 23. I can't think of words, especially these words that were penned by Shepherd Boy 3,000 years ago. Just words that have just created such an atmosphere. I, I mean, in, in, in literature, they would be right up the top of the most powerful words that have ever been put in. And, and they're so powerful because in Psalm 23, there's the, the revelation of who God is. And matter of fact, I, I can show you how all the covenant names... The revelations of the covenant names are right there in Psalm 23. That's what makes Psalm 23 so powerful because all of the attributes of God are right in that psalm. And, and it's just so powerful because it also helps us in our stages of life and the ups and downs of How many of you know that life has got lots of stages? There's lots of ups and downs. God never promises you that you're not going to have any challenges or trials or tribulations. What he promises you is that he's going to be in there with you through them all. How good is that? How good is that? And so uh, let's, let's have a look at Psalm 23. And it begins with Yahweh Raha, the Lord who is my shepherd. You know, when I was a kid, we used to read the, uh, uh, the Bible just in the old King James. How many of you can still remember reading it in the old King James? I'm, I'm sure that some of you still have the old King James. But it used to confuse me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I couldn't get the fact that... Why would I not want him if he's my shepherd? And I just, it just want for me wasn't lack. It was not wanting. 
And so the better translation is obviously the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. In other words, I shall not be in want. But let's read it together. Are you ready for it? Let's read it together. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, everybody say surely. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One of the problems in living in Australia is that when we see shepherds and sheep, we see shepherds more on, uh, on motorbikes and dogs and, and huge numbers, the mobs of sheep, the thousands of sheep, rather than a shepherd with only a small number of sheep. Do you know that my mother used to be a shepherd? Uh, did you know that? My mother used to be a shepherd in Italy, and it was while looking after her father's sheep that she got filled with the Holy Spirit and made a, a deal with God that if God ever gave her a firstborn son, she'd dedicate him to God. You know that story. I've shared it with you lots of, lots of times. But the thing is this, that the shepherds in those days, they knew each one of their sheep by name. They'd actually give them a name. They knew them by name. And the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep is so beautiful. And so you have Psalm 23 and the New Testament correlation of Psalm 23 is John chapter 10, where Jesus comes in and he says, I am the good shepherd. And so he's Jesus in Psalm 23, and he connects it with John chapter 10, where he is the good shepherd. And the correlation is there because it's a beautiful thing that in the time where David was the shepherd to the sheep, the shepherd never went behind and drove the sheep. He'd always go in front and lead the sheep. And so the sheep would follow. And so it's a fascinating thing to see this whole, this whole thing turn around where the shepherd's at the front leading the way and the sheep have just got their eyes on the shepherd and following. What an incredible thing this is. The sheep follow because they know his voice. They know he's going to protect them. They know he's going to provide for them. There's this trust that he's not going to lead them astray. So before I talk to you this morning about the five responsibilities of the shepherd that are beautifully uh, uh, enumerated here in Psalm 23, I want to talk to you about the five responsibilities of the sheep. Are you ready? What's your responsibility? How many of you are sheep here and you follow the shepherd? Okay. Well, that's your first responsibility, to follow the shepherd. That's the first responsibility of the sheep, to follow the shepherd. Not only just to follow, but listen to his voice. John 10 verse 4 says, They follow him, for they know his voice. So, so are you learning to hear the voice of God? Are you learning to discern the voice of the shepherd? 
How many of you want me to help you discern the voice of God a little bit better? Are you ready? Can I just say that the voice of God will always be a voice that will lift you up? See, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The voice of the enemy is always condemnation, guilt, to pull, to pull you down, to tell you you're hopeless, to tell you that God doesn't love you. How many of you hear voices like that at times? Hey, you don't put up your hand because I know that's the majority of you. But that's not the voice of God. The voice of God will always lift you up, will always show you the better way. Yeah, it will bring correction, but correction with the idea that there's a better way. And the better way will always lift you up. It will always leave you encouraged and, and built up. That's the voice of God. It will lead you the right way. Second responsibility of the sheep is to trust. Everybody say trust. It's just such a big thing, you know, that it's hard to follow if you don't trust. How many of you understand that? But when you trust that God's got your best at heart, do you trust that he's got your best at heart? Do you trust that he's going to lead you well? Do you trust that he's going to lead you on the right path? Because you will only follow if you trust. See, so often what happens is that we don't trust God enough to follow him. And then we try to do our own thing. And that's our third responsibility is not to try to do our own thing, to determine our own way, because that's how we get lost. How many of you remember the story in Luke chapter 15 where the good shepherd goes looking for the one out of the hundred? He goes looking for the one. And the reason the one got lost was because the one decided, I'm not going to follow the shepherd, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm telling you right now, if you get to a place at a crossroads where you do your own thing, you'll get lost. And, uh, but you know the beautiful thing about the shepherd, he'll come looking for you. Don't you love that? That he comes looking for you? Rather than writing you off, he'll come looking for you. But you just got to determine, don't do it in your own strength. Don't try to work it out yourself. Just say, God, I trust you. I'll obey you. I'll follow you. It's just such an amazing thing. The third responsibility, the fourth responsibility, I've already done number three. The fourth responsibility of sheep is to provide wool. That's why the shepherd has sheep, so he can, so he can receive the wool. And every single one of us has resources that we can give to God. I mean, so often we say, God, what can you give to us? But we don't say, God, what do you want from me? And there's resources, there's, there's stuff that you have that God has put there that he comes knocking at your door and says, well, you give it back. And what a beautiful thing it is to say, what can I give you, God? And I love the fact that Pauline and Michael and the 26 plus said, what can we do? And we, we, we want to do something. We, we want to give back what God has given to us. We want to give back and, and just to give love to people, just to go and to touch people with love and to go and, and you know, paint their schoolroom, their church. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to supply a latrine. You know, can you, can you, I mean, sometimes we just don't get this. There was a school. How many kids were at the school? 200 kids. And they didn't have a latrine. You, we can't even begin to imagine a school with no latrine. But we, our 26 plus put together all sorts of stuff. They collected $6,000 because that's what it was going to cost to build a latrine in Cambodia. They built them a latrine. And so now we've got 
kids that don't get sick because they've got clean water, they've got flushing toilets, they can wash their hands. And, and it's because we can. You've got wool. Give it. That's the fifth, fourth responsibility of, of uh, the sheep. Here's the fifth responsibility of the sheep. Are you ready for the fifth one? To produce lambs. The shepherd can't produce lambs. All the shepherd can do is create healthy sheep so they can produce lambs. Come on. When was the last time you produced a lamb? Ah, when was the last time you brought someone into the house and say, Lord, I brought this one for you? I love this that on Thursday, our food care people got 10 little lambs together or potential lambs. I love that. And, you know, we, we, we just see them getting baptized, all these little lambs that someone brought into the kingdom. How wonderful is that? The shepherd doesn't produce the lambs. The sheep produce the lambs. All the shepherd done, does is make sure the sheep are healthy enough to produce lambs. Come on, take it upon yourself as your responsibility. So they're the responsibility of the shepherd. Let's look at the responsibility of the shepherd. I love this. The five responsibilities of the shepherd. Number one, to shepherd us. Yahweh Raha or Roy or Rohi. There are so many different translations for Yahweh, the Lord who is our shepherd leader. To shepherd us means to provide for us, to protect us. And David, who penned this psalm, penned it out of experience. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I shall not lack provision. I shall not lack protection. I love the fact that God provides for you. Everybody said the Lord provides for me. And sometimes we just take provision for, for granted. We, we, just, we just take it all without realizing, but God's provided it all. You know, the air that you're breathing right now, God's provided it for you. The, the life that you have, God's given you that life. The roof over your head. How many of you are glad that you all slept under a roof last night than under a bridge? If anybody here slipped under a bridge last night, come and see us and we'll help you do whatever we can to help you get a better situation because we believe that God provides. But the other thing is that God protects I love, I love this. How many of you remember the story in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17 where David's talking to King Saul? He's facing Goliath and, and they say, but how can you, how can you little kid, how can you attack this giant, your little kid? And then he begins to tell the stories of when he was a shepherd and the lion and the bear attacked the sheep. And all of a sudden, he's the shepherd saying, I've got to provide and protect my sheep. And, and this, this verse in 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, verses 34 to 36, literally says that he pulled the sheep out of the lion's mouth. What does that say? That says that sometimes what happens is that the lion will attack. What it says is that sometimes the lion will attack. How many of you have been attacked? But you will not be devoured. This is the thing. The shepherd comes to pull you out of the lion's mouth. You will not be devoured. Sometimes it feels like you are being devoured. Poor little sheep, when it's in the lion's mouth, you can imagine, bear, bear, come and save me, save me. And here comes the shepherd. Da -da -da -da, pulls it out grabs the lion by the beard. And that's what he was saying to Saul. He says, I grabbed the lion by the beard. 
thinking, wow, what a dynamic. Talk about heroes and halos. Uh, is anyone coming dressed as Shepherd David, grabbing the lion by the beard to pull the sh- Can I just say to you that, that when you are passionate, you lose any fear about the enemy. Huh? You lose all fear. You know, uh, let me tell you, how many mothers have we got here? If some dog tried to, uh, uh, tried to grab your child, I'm telling you, you'd grab that dog and just, <coughs> just break its neck. I just know. I, I mean, on the news last night, there was a grandfather who, uh, there was a five-meter python or something huge grabbed his grandson, and uh, it's, it's, it's killing the grandson. So you know what he says? Give me a knife. And so, and so mama, mama, grandma got a knife and grandpa just cut the python's head off and saved and saved. What a hero. Wow. And all the greenies, oh, you destroyed a python. It was either my grandson or the snake, baby. And uh, how many of you know, you know, you get passionate. It bit him, but his attitude was, I'm going to kill you. Come on. Here's his, his, his the shepherds. The shepherds responsibility to provide and protect. God wants to provide and protect for you. If you're going through a tough time, begin to call upon the shepherd king. So, so how many of you are going through a tough time right now? How many of you feel like the enemy is just wanting to devour you? Begin to call upon the name of the Lord. He's going to come into your situation. He will rescue you. There's no doubt about it. He's, his second responsibility, not just to shepherd us, but to lead us. To give us direction. This is a big deal. Why is that? Because we are being taught that we need to find the direction for our life. But what I know is that God is the one that gives us direction for our life. And your best life. Hey, Birchie, welcome back. When did you get back? Last week. Do you know that we were going to baptize your husband last week? two Sundays ago and we decided we're going to wait for you to get back so we can baptize him how awesome is that so 2nd of December we're going to baptize you are you excited about that now that your wife's back I'm excited about it so we can rejoice for the whole family together I love that give Birchie a great big welcome back from the, from the Philippines Birchie does so much cooking for us in, um, in Alpha. Just so much cooking for us. And what a joy it is to see families that contribute so much. So, so let's talk about leading. I'm just talking about leading because leading, we try to take it upon ourselves to try to navigate through life ourselves. But the Bible is really clear that, that God is the one who directs our paths. You know, one, one of the... The scriptures in the Bible that is one of my foundation scriptures is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 4, 5, and 6. How many of you know Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6? How many of you know? How many of you can quote it? Trust in the Lord, your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. So, what's your responsibility? Your responsibility is to trust in the Lord. Your responsibility is, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all your ways, is lean not on your own understanding. That's your responsibility. And what's His responsibility? 
to direct your paths. So what happens sometimes is we get stressed about direction when God says, no, that's not your call. That's my call. Your call is to trust me. I'm the shepherd. I'm the leader. Your job is just to follow me, to listen to my voice. Can I just tell you that throughout my whole ministry life, that was one of my goals in life to listen to his voice and it was just when was it it was just on Friday on, on Friday we were driving past a park in Newcastle it was Jasmine Park and I said to Anne you know it was 33 years ago 33 years ago that you sent me to this park because you were frustrated at me being just a misery guts and you said said go to the park and just talk to God and um and, and, and I remember 33 years ago being in a state of just being lost. I mean, I'd done five years of ministry already and all the doors had closed off and I'd taken my family back to Newcastle to my parents' home and my wife and I and my two kids were sleeping in my bedroom that I grew up in. And I was lost thinking... God, you used me for five years and now it's all over. I I don't get it. I've been to Bible school. um, You know, that was three years, then five years of ministry. And now it's all over. And what had happened was that, that God had spoken to me and said, your next step is to go to the Hunter Valley and plant a church there in Curry Curry. How many of you know what Curry Curry was? And you know what? You know what I said to God? I can still remember this, much to my shame. This is what I said to God, I'm too good for curry curry. And so God said, okay, in the corner. And I sat in that corner for three months, despondent, blaming God, blaming God that he closed all the doors. God hadn't closed the door, he opened a door but I didn't want to go through it so it took three months of dealing and I I can still remember in that park 33 years ago where I said okay God I'm done I I submit if you want me to clean toilets I'll clean toilets if you want me to go to curry curry I'll go to curry curry and uh, if you're where you lead I will follow and so once I'd sorted that out I went back home as soon as I walked in the front door the phone rang and the telephone call was there. Hey, John, would you reconsider going to Curry Curry? The last time we had the conversation is under no circumstances. Yeah, I'll go this afternoon. <laughs> really, that quick. We got in the car that afternoon. We went and found a house. And within a few weeks, we were pioneering a church in Curry Curry. And, uh, and just saw God just open up amazing doors. See, it's his responsibility to direct you. And he does direct you, but sometimes we rebel against the direction because we kind of don't think that it's the right thing for us. But God's always got your best at heart. He's always got your best at heart. He directs you and he will always lead you in the righteous path. So so that's um, there it is. That's he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still water, he restores my soul, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's all there to do with direction. It's beautiful. God leads us. 
the fourth thing, the third thing that God's responsibility is, is to remain with us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Everybody say, you are with me. I love this. God not only shepherds us, leads us, but he remains with us. And this verse is specific about going through valley experiences, going through exposure to death experiences. How many of you have gone through exposure to death experiences? How many of you have gone through experiences where either you've been exposed to death or a close one to you has been exposed to death? And, and, and there are seasons in life where your soul gets gripped with fear. And it's like, God, I just, I, I just don't know what to do. It's all dark. I'm in the shadows. I'm in the valleys. I'm in exposure to death. It's, it's horrible. And, and I'm telling you, that's where the enemy sounds the loudest. How many of you know the enemy's like a cockroach? Well, and a cockroach in the dark sounds like a monster. Huh? It sounds like there's, there's a monster in the room. In the dark, the enemy sounds its loudest. But if you switch on the light, you find cockroaches scamper. And they're little things. And you think, I can stomp on those things. Huh? Nothing. You shall trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. But you've got to get in the light to be able to do that. You've got to begin to get into his light and realize he's with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You've got to always understand that his promise is to remain with you. Joshua 1.9, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31.6, the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. Isaiah 41.10, fear not for I am with you. Matthew 28.20, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love the Amplified version on Hebrews 13 verse 5. The amplified version, it's always louder when it's amplified. And it goes, I will never, ever, ever, no, ever, ever leave you. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. But the point is this, that God wants to make it clear that he's with us. Romans 8, 38 to 39. And it goes through a whole list of things that can come against you. And then finishes off with nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is with you. Even when you're going through the valleys. Even when you're going through the darkness. Even when fear tries to grip your soul. He is with you. And this is where you need to shift your head. Just shift that neck. And stop looking at that which is causing you fear and start looking to the shepherd. Start looking to Yahweh Raha, the Lord who is my shepherd leader. And say, Lord, I'm just going to keep going through this hell experience. I'm going to keep going through this stuff. My goodness, when Ann and I look at some of the stuff that we've gone through over the years, um, just some of the attacks of the enemy, some of the things that, that wants to steal your joy. You, you know, when, when you're a pastor... Pastor Phil right up the back there would know this. And when you're a pastor, there's such huge pressure every week to turn up to give you fresh bread, to give you hope, to give you faith. Such pressure. You gotta you gotta come and you're switched on and you you know, it's 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 
It's a bit dramatic if the pastor comes up and says, um, guys, I've had a really bad week this week. I really can't preach to you because I need the preaching myself. I mean, it's not conducive to build a great church. But the fact is that Anne and I over the years have gone through incredible trauma. We've gone through stuff that we've been able to share with you and stuff that we've not even been able to share with our family or our friends. It's such personal attacks of the enemy. And, and so here's the temptation is that you turn your gaze from the shepherd leader to your, to your trial and your tribulation. Because, and as soon as you look to that, it just grips your heart with fear because you're facing the wrong direction. And, and, and this is the key element of this. Come on. He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Keep your eyes on him and just keep walking through because whatever you're facing has got to use by day. Whatever you're facing is here for a season, but it's going to finish. It's got a use by day. Who knows? Maybe today is the use by day. Maybe today it's going to finish. But you just keep following Jesus. You just keep following your shepherd leader. You come out of that valley. You come out of that darkness. You come out of that trial. You come out unscathed, unburnt. You will walk through the fire, but you will not be burnt. You're going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo, and not even with a smell of smoke on your garments because God's going to lead you through. The fourth man is going to be with you. Hallelujah. Number four, it's found in verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. I love this. That preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies is the feasting table. He sets you up for success. He sets you up. Here's the enemies wanting for you to fail. And God says, hey, let me set up the feast, a table for you. And I'm going to invite all your enemies to watch how I bless the people that follow me. And they're sitting there gnashing their teeth. It's like, how many of you know the story of Nehemiah rebuilding the walls and sand ballot and all those goons, you know, just gnashing their teeth as, as, as God prepares a table before him in the presence of his enemies. And they say, how did he do that? How did he succeed? God sets you up for success. Come on. God doesn't set you up for failure. When he's leading you, he's not leading you into failure. He's leading you into success. See, it's his responsibility to lead you into success. Your responsibility is just follow. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Just keep following. Come on. There's dark days. There's dark experiences. There's battles. There's lions. There's bears. To the left of you, to the right of you. But the shepherd is with you, leading you through. There's a table that he's preparing before you in the presence of your enemies. Not just your enemies, but your friends. The whole world is going to see that those who follow the Lord will not fail, but they will succeed. Why is that? Because he sets you up for success. What you're going through is temporary. What you're going through right now has got a use by date. What you're going through right now is not eternal. Then he anoints you. In the presence of your enemies, he anoints you with oil. He fills your cup, not just halfway, not three quarters, but running over. He is the above and beyond, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think sort of God. When he fills your cup, it's overflowing. He anoints your head with oil. And then the last thing that he says, 
surely. I love that word surely. It says exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, this is his fifth responsibility is to keep his promises forever. God will not fail on his promises. This is, this is the beautiful thing about this is that you get to live with God forever and ever. You get to dwell in God's house forever and ever. This is the revelation of Jehovah Makedesh. You've been set aside. You're the special people. You're God's treasure. You're going to live with him forever and ever. You, you, you were created in his image for purpose. You were created in his image to be with him. He's, he's, he's going to accompany goodness and mercy now, all the days of your life now. There's the blessing now. Goodness and mercy now. It's coming upon you now. Come on, some of you need to say, Lord, I need some of that goodness and mercy right now. I, I'm facing some stuff and I need your goodness and your mercy right now. And so there's the now and then there's the later. I love that, the now and the later, because the now is the goodness and mercy. The dwelling in the house of the Lord forever is later. And what a beautiful thing it is to be God's image created to be with him forever and ever and ever. God's people with him forever and ever. So what are the five responsibilities of the shepherd? To shepherd us, to lead us, to remain with us, to set us up for success, to keep his promises with us forever and ever. Let me finish this morning by saying this. You choose whether you want this. You choose whether you want to be led by God. You choose. You choose whether you accept Jesus or whether you reject Jesus. If you accept Jesus, that's only the beginning. Part A is accept. Part B is to follow. This is where a lot of people kind of think, yeah, I just, I just accept, full stop. No, no, if you accept, then you need to follow. Because following is what discipleship is all about. So you just can't just, well, I'll tag that, put it in my back pocket as just a belief system with all my other belief systems. No, no, Christianity is totally different. Christianity is not one of the many belief systems. It is the trump. It is the Trump, not Mr. Trump. It is the Trump card. It is the, the numero uno. It is the number one belief that every other belief has to bow to. And so when you say, Jesus, I accept you, what that means is, Jesus, I will follow you. And you want that, that, that blessing. You, you want deliverance. You, you, you want to live the best life. It's in following the shepherd. It's like saying, God, I trust you that you're going to lead me, that you're going to guide me. And I'm telling you, it's the best life. There's no what The enemy wants to deceive you into thinking that, that, that the world gives you the best life. No, you look at the world and, they, and, and, their, and their lives are just falling apart. But you look at people that truly follow Jesus. And they've got a deep peace and a deep joy and a deep hope and a deep understanding that God's got their lives and he's going to lead them through. See, today, you've got to make a choice whether you're going to do your own thing, meander around in life, or just say, Jesus, I submit. 
I follow you. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you made the way. You you paid the price. You put it all together. And today I just submit. I receive. I accept. I follow. My hands are up. I submit. I surrender. I'm done with doing my own thing. I'm coming to a place where I'm going to do your thing. Your thing is the best thing. And I submit to that in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.